This is really about being free to create what you want your life to look like. We each are our own hero. And how do we take the challenges that come our way and see those as the birth process of us becoming heroic? Can you meet that judgment that ultimately will surface with neutrality? This is the Wall Street Coach Podcast with Kim Ann Curtin. Welcome back, everybody, to the Wall Street Coach Podcast uh, with me, Kim Ann Curtin and Lucas Peterson. Uh, thank you for coming and watching another podcast. Uh, this is our 10th podcast, so I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, seems like we have some steady viewers, so that's exciting. Please let us know in the comments if you want us to address a specific topic. Uh, but today we're going to talk about really just the end of 2020 and the new incoming year, because we figure by the time this gets up, it'll be right at that cusp between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, so we want to talk about kind of the intentions, perhaps, uh, that you want to create for yourself as you go into a new year. I, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, New Year's resolutions, but I am a fan of intentions. So New Year's intentions. So we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to have an intention over a resolution. And we're going to talk about a little bit of the upward spiral versus the downward spiral and how those two perspectives can really have a huge impact on your life. So hello, Lucas. How are you doing today? Hi, Kim. I am doing well. Um, okay. I, we didn't we didn't chat about too much about this before, but I love that you you like intentions instead of resolutions because I feel the same way. I've I've wow. never loved the idea of res, New Year's resolutions. Wow. Um, for a few reasons, one is just because I feel like it's this. There's too much pressure that you put on yourself with what it is, and where. Yes. I, so I like the, your intention there. Uh, and the other part that I don't love about New Year's resolutions is the fact that it's like you have to wait for a new year. Like that yes. there's, I, yes. I, I see the turning of the page, but I also don't love that idea. It's like every day, every moment we have the opportunity to like become new, you know, uh, to, yes. to be born yes. again. If you, and it's just a shift in your mindset. Um, yes. So I'm with yeah. you. Totally with you. That's so great. I'm glad. It's. I think that's why we work well together, Luke. We have kind of a similar philosophy of yeah. how we kind of look through the prism at life. And you know, ironically, uh, one of the True Trader webinars I did recently, we had a trader who was trying to understand the difference. He specifically asked about expectation versus intention, and he was really trying to, you know, get clarity around like. I, I was saying you don't want to have expectations, you want to have intentions. And and that's, you know, what I'm thinking of now is the same idea. Resolution is in a way an expectation. And I do think that that internal pressure or external pressure that comes with that leads one down a dark path in the end. If if you have a lot of unresolved gremlins or inner saboteurs that you haven't wrestled with because they're going to make you feel lousy about yourself if you don't reach the goal. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's another a, a good point as well, because um, I think it's more goal oriented as opposed to um, process oriented is what I like yes. to think of things. That's and great. Uh, especially with uh, I feel like when you focus on the process, you're able to apply more discipline to it um, mm -hmm. and also like give yourself a little bit of slack if you miss out on it, where I feel like that's, that's right. why a lot of people fail at resolutions is because they're like, I'm going to do this every day. They miss a day and they're like, well, it's over as opposed yeah. to just like the, <laughs> if you have the intention, you're like, I'm going to do this every day. You miss a day. You're like, I still have the intention, the resolution. Right. Uh, there was no, you know, goal or like, uh, so it's just the process. That's it. That's exactly it. And the process is the place where really the job gets done. And the process isn't, you know, I don't think it's just the place where most people sit because it is the work side of it. It is the place of being strategic, planning the map around how to get to the goal. And it's exciting to focus on the goal. It's exciting to focus on the end result. That's where, you know, everybody wants to be, but there's terrain you're going to have to go through, a mountain, a ravine you're going to have to cross to get to that. And if you don't plan ahead for that, uh, it's going to be a trickier, you know, a trickier journey to the goal. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that uh, this that just reminded me of like in, in trading, I think a lot of times, um, like when I was starting out, it was like, you know, if I can uh, make 10% every week, you know, in seven weeks, I'm doubling my money. But then that was, I had to like shift my mindset where it's like, the reality of that is not actually going to be what happens. And it's more of just yeah. like the process of going through the, uh, you know, the, the tactics and the discipline to make these things work over and over yeah. around time. As opposed yeah. to just, yeah, like you said, the goal is always exciting. It's like, oh, yeah. I, could, I could be twice as rich. It's so fast. But exactly. That's not. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it may, may or may not be, it may or may not happen. And for you to get caught up in, you know, I think it would be easy then to get caught up in what's called the downward spiral of, you yeah. know, I'm not good enough. I don't know what I'm doing. It's easy to start to go down you know, a really negative path. Whereas if you put the focus on the process, then it can be a tweaked as you go. And it's not a statement against you as an individual. Whereas I think with some of these impractical goals, people set for themselves, it does, it becomes their, their sense of worthiness gets questioned because they couldn't do X or Y or Z. And it just sets you, sets you up. And the, and the downward spiral and upward spiral I learned in Landmark Education. Uh, Landmark Education is the course that jump-started me becoming a coach that I did about 15 to 17 years ago. I mean, I've coached 14 years. It was like two years before that, 16 years ago. And that course taught me that the way we speak uh, really can either create possibility for ourselves or limit us and keep us stuck in a victim mentality. Uh, and one of the, you know, one of the great talks that's out there online is a gentleman named Ben Zander. He's the uh, conductor for the Boston Philharmonic. And he took Landmark, as did his wife, and they collaborated in a book called The Art of Possibility. And they talk about the downward, downward spiral. And uh, I'll, I'll give you an example of the downward spiral would be, let's say, if I'm writing to a prospect and they don't respond to my email, my statement could be something to the effect of, this prospect is ignoring me that would be a downward spiral when the truth of the matter is actually this prospect hasn't responded to email. But to put and couch it in the framework of they're ignoring me is taking me down. And even if I just speak it neutrally, this prospect isn't responding to me, that is not taking me down or necessarily up. But if I do want to be of the upward spiral, I could say, uh, this client hasn't responded to me yet. And that leaves room for this sense. And it's not about being ir irrational or pie in the sky, but it's living in a place of possibility where anything is possible. And I really love that distinction because I think most of us have a tendency for survival reasons, our brain is built this way, to focus on what could go wrong, uh, what might be going wrong. But I think it can really get in our way sometimes from living in possibility and seeing what is potentially available to us. Yeah, this is, it's really interesting. Um, this is something I, I had not totally been aware of until you kind of sent me a few of the, the clips with him and the way he speaks. And the one that I took uh, uh, that really spoke to me was when he was talking about uh, giving all of his students A's. Like you yes. come into my class, you're an A student. And, but yes. then, but he says, you have to write down what it is you will be at the end of this class that will have made you an A student. And that's so, right. and I think that's a really fascinating um, idea. It's just like yeah. writing to your, or writing about your future self correct um, correct because then it, it i think it does open up these uh your mind to the possibilities and what you really want right like correct. what you're you know back to the kind of the goal oriented but what you want your goals to look like and then it's like exactly. oh i see it now yes. how do i get there that's right and or the unconscious what's so amazing is that if we make a conscious choice to go in a specific direction the unconscious sort of just 
begins to do a default setting to move us in that direction. So it is looking for, well, this is what this decision choice is going to be. How do we facilitate that happening? And the example I'm going to give is when I, I hadn't, let me just try to think, I'm trying to remember how far back it was. You know, I worked for 10 years uh, at Borders and Barnes and Noble. I was at Borders Books and Music at the time. And I had, I think, I think I had already maybe started to work in finance, but I was probably only, yeah, maybe I was five years, six years in. And a friend of mine sent out an email talking about going to St. John in the U.S. Virgin Islands. And my mom had just passed away. I had, you know, a lot of expenses that I was still paying off to, because of her care and the need that, you know, the needs that she had, the, the expenses for the funeral. Like there was just so much financial pressure on me for so long. And this friend sent out this email saying she was going to St. John in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Who wanted to go with her? And boy, was I in need of a vacation. But I, you know, was not financially in a position to say yes. But I can remember there was, a, there was that thought process and then something shifted in me and I said to myself, I am going on this vacation. Like it was like probably two months away, but I was so, and I, and I said, you know what? I'm going to put a stake in the ground and send an email to Maria and say, Maria, I'm going on this vacation. I don't know how I'm going to do it yet financially, but I'm going. And she said, Kim, do you know that I've already paid for the room? It was like an outdoor, you know, ecological type of place. So it was like eight beds in these like two gigantic rooms with uh, walls of screen. You know, it was like an outdoor kind of lodge. She's like, I've already paid for it. She's like, don't worry about the room costs. Just get yourself the money for the airfare. I was like, what? That is so generous. Oh my God, that's so nice of you. So I write to my other friend, Christine, and I say, Christine, I wrote to Maria telling her I was going to go on this trip. She just come to me the rent, the, the room. Uh, now all I have to do is come off the money for the airfare and spending money. And Christine says, Kim, I have so many frequent flyer miles. Don't worry about an airplane ticket. You've got that covered. Now just come up with spending money. Within less than a, a, literally like a half hour, an hour, I went from not being able to go on this trip and afford it to being able to go on this trip. And it completely, ultimately, it facilitated my promise to the island. So of course I went. Now I didn't get to do like a lot of that water sports. I didn't get to do like jet skis or sail trips or snorkel excursions or blah, 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 or big fancy dinners at restaurants. But believe me, I was still having a great time. But you know, I knew I had to kind of do on the cheap side of the experience and all these people did their thing. But when I left that island, I was on the plane and before we took off, I made a promise to the island that I would be back on my own dime, first class, all the way in one year. And I was. I was back on that island, first class, all the way, did all the water sports, did it all one year later. So wow. that is just like, and, and even that intention that day on the plane, right? So it's like, I really believe, and this is the most important lesson that I hope our viewers take away, create the intention and then watch life fall into place for you. Once I made a decision I was going on that vacation, yes, I have generous friends. Yes, I had really fortunate you know, people that care enough about me that would caught me that. But I truly believe part of what facilitated was my making a choice, putting a stake in the ground, and that opens up possibility that would never have happened without that decision. So choice. Yeah, 100. I... I that makes total sense. It's it, that's an that's awesome amazing. story. Isn't uh, it amazing? But yeah, it, it makes total sense that you just you know open your mind to the idea that it, it is possible because you could have just as easily been like, I don't have the money, I'm not going to do it, and so you don't make those calls. You don't even you don't even try, right? Correct. And then you just correct. I felt because, and, and there's one guy that I love so much. He's the the guy that does the tut. Do you get the tut emails? The the uh, he, he's, no, I don't what think is so. his name? I'll have to get his name, but I get his, 
the tut emails is a it's a email from the universe that comes through every day you know <laughs> and he's sort of like the catalyst or the channeler of what the universe's message to us is but the, it he talks about the cursed house he said most people get so caught up in that cursed house how am i going to do that that you get your you talk yourself out of it consciously and unconsciously so in that moment you know lucky for me i realized oh gosh, I don't, I don't think I can afford this trip. I know I can't afford this trip. But then that concept would be me like, well, how am I going to afford this trip? And what he was saying was step into the place of what it is that you want. Step into the place of what you choose for yourself and the hows work themselves out. And that to me is the best, that story is the best example of how I had no idea how, but I didn't let that stop me. Yeah. I didn't let that stop me. And and the crazy part is that that choice, you know, in that moment about that vacation, on the other side of it, because I made that promise to the island, when, and, and I was, you know, in finance, but I was, I was making, let's say, an average salary. When I came back from that trip and made that promise to myself that and the island that I'd be back on my own dime in one year, I figured out how much I would need for a first class vacation to St. John. And it was a lot of money. And uh, I thought, oh, gosh, for me to be able to afford that, then in one year, the salary position I'm at is not going to cut it. So I'm going to have to get myself a much higher salary position. Mm -hmm. And that was when I put myself on monster.com. I even used my friend Christine's laptop because I didn't even have a computer at the time. And I clicked the highest bar I could around salary. Uh, that monster allowed at the time. It was, you know, it's this literally, what is it? Probably, uh, I don't know, 14. No, it's more than 14 years ago, maybe 20, 20 plus years ago. You know, it was a little archaic site. I clicked the highest salary possible. And again, I remember asking myself, that is not my current salary. Like how I didn't, I like, there was a part of me that was like, how am I going to, how am I going to answer this when they say, what do you use your current salary? Yeah. And you're asking for so much more. But again, I thought, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. And do you know, in the end, nobody ever asked me? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> nobody ever asked me that question. And so I went into my first interview. And that year, when I went, when I went into the position and interviewed for two, with two of the senior people, the headhunter, when I came out of the interview, said to me, they liked you so much, Kim, you could ask for more. <laughs> and I was just like, more? I can't even wrap my head around this salary. <laughs> like, what? And that whole, like, that whole next year, I, they wound up hiring me. They gave, I, I wound up saying, how about a startup bonus? They gave, they gave me double, everything that I, they agreed to, they doubled it because I kicked ass for them that year. No doubt about it. But the point is, I created an entire new life for myself because I stepped into the place of possibility over and over and over again, didn't get caught up in the cursed house. And that changed my whole life. My whole life changed because of one decision on Avenue B and 14th street. When I said to myself, I'm going to St. John, no matter how I make this work. So hopefully this story inspires everybody to really start to step into possibility. Where are you saying that the house, where are you spending all your time on the house instead of stepping into the intention? So Anyway, it's a long-winded story, Lucas. I'm sorry, but I just wanted to share that because I think it's the perfect, you know, diving board of how my life started to go in a very different direction. Yeah. Well, I, I think the story was worth hearing. And I also think okay. one uh, one thing that it made me think of is um, as, as I was growing up, there was this big wave of the power of positivity movement, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. And I don't really subscribe to that, um, but I do subscribe to the possibility movement like that you're yes. talking about. That yes. that makes way more sense to me. I believe that, that because it, 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 it forces you, I guess, in a way to do the work around it because I feel like there's, there's this yeah. maybe a myth and maybe it's just my own perception of the power of positivity or whatever, yeah. um, where it's nice to like have positive thoughts, think positive things. But you also have to do the positive actions and yes. do the work to get to the place that you want to be. I would agree. So. I would agree. And I feel like the positivity mo movement, and I, and I remember years ago, 
I was very fortunate to have a mother who was pretty liberal in her spirituality, you know, and religion, if you will. So we now, I never grew up with like a hellfire and brimstone concept of God. Um, and one of the guys that she was a huge follower of was Robert Schuler, who was a minister at the time. He, and he was definitely one of the, you know, kind of students of Norman Vincent Peale and the positivity. He was all about, you know, positive thinking. And I, I believe some of when I think back to like his sermons or his teachings, he, he was talking about action, but I sense a little bit of like the new age movement and like the incorporation of the positivity, even the law of attraction. And when people talk about that, they sort of don't include the, like you said, the action that has to take place, the concept of the, uh, operating as if it feels as though a lot of and I think people also get become afraid of being with the heart to be with feelings like you know there there was still uh, work and effort and and fears that I had to step through in all of the choices I made during that yeah. time and not you can't you can't like bypass in, if you're going to be somebody who wants to be positive doesn't mean you don't have pain doesn't mean you don't have negative feelings and you can't ignore those you know i'm all about feeling those feelings but it's you know to say that my prospect is ignoring me and 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 likewise to say my uh prospect can't wait to work with me like that is misinformation but to say they haven't responded yet leaves you with possibility and that's the heart of what i think we're both in agreement on it's like how do you step into possibility are you or your saboteurs uh putting you down that downward spiral and there is a talk we'll we'll link to with ben zander talks about you know the, the so so here's the story that he that he references. I mean, it, it's not his story. It's it's a story. But the the concept of two salesmen go to Africa to sell shoes, and the first salesman calls back to the home office and says, "Situation hopeless. They don't wear shoes." The second salesman calls back to the home office and says, "Glorious opportunity. They don't wear shoes yet." So those are two incredibly different perspectives on the same situation. One is from a downward spiral. Another one is coming from the upward spiral. And that's the place that ultimately you, we all have to ask ourselves every day in our language, in the way we're approaching things, in the way we think about things, are you coming from a place of an upward spiral or a downward one? And don't make yourself wrong if you're in the downward spiral, but get curious about what informs that. Yeah, that's, he also mentioned the thing that you talked about um, one time about like, just when something doesn't go exactly how you think it will, or how you react to something is just saying, oh, isn't that fascinating? He's the one who taught me that. He's the yeah. one who taught me that catchphrase. I think that that response is one where you're not in that, you're not going to a place of, oh shit, you know, everything now has hit the fan. It's what, you know, and there's, there's another famous story. It's, it's kind of like a little legend where uh, I think the farmer's son's leg gets run over and everybody says oh this is terrible this is terrible and he says we'll see we'll see but then they wind up getting money from the other farm who's you know crushed the guy's leg and everybody's like oh this is such good news and he's like we'll see we'll see like throughout the whole story there's the good and the bad and everybody says this is great or this is bad and he's in neutrality of like there are repercussions to good things. There are repercussions to bad things. And don't necessarily put everything in one basket that it's all going to be terrible, all going to be great. And, and I also think I want to say this too. When I, the way I stepped into finance uh, was because I got fired from Borders Books and Music because of politics, because actually I had been sexually harassed by somebody and I stood up to them and I went to the corporate office and it didn't go so well. And so all of that, like I remember that day when I was fired, I had never been fired before and I was devastated and I was also, you know, taking care of my mother. So I was really scared because that was definitely helping to take care of her, that income. And yet if I hadn't been fired I never probably would have had the guts to go after the position that I ultimately did go after. I was kind of forced, the universe forced my hand. So there was a situation that I thought was just the worst thing that could happen to me. 
I can see now it was the best thing that could have happened to me, but we can't always see that in the moment. Yeah. I think that's, that's something we can, we can bring back to just 2020 in general and having maybe some, some gratitude around what has happened in the past year that at the time seemed terrifying. Uh, I mean, I know for, for myself, my, I had a couple different sources of income and both of them basically dried up. Like we're just getting cut and cut and cut. And I think that was, I don't think I was unique in any way. I think that was probably a a large percentage of the population out there. Um, But, you know, part of that happening uh, ultimately led me to meeting you and us working together. And I think that's a great thing. Um, It's a great thing. Yeah. But maybe we can, uh, maybe you can touch on what you were, what you were thinking of bringing up uh, around 2020. Yeah. You know, this has been, it's, it's been an interesting year because I have been never been so busy and uh, I feel so grateful and, and fortunate that, you know, things have gone so well for my business. And I feel so much empathy for so many people and friends and clients and colleagues who have not had that experience and that are really struggling. And just, you know, I'm not a parent. I really feel for all the parents out there who are having to work full-time jobs if they're lucky enough to have one and then have to teach and educate their children, which I really think is a skill set. And, uh, and, 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 and not just a skill set, but like a level of patience and dedication. If anything, I think now maybe everybody will appreciate how important it is to pay teachers well because it's a hard as hell job. People are finally having some some hands-on experience. Yeah, they're like, how hard is it to raise Johnny? Really? You raise Johnny and teach him math and see how well it goes. So, you know, there's, and, and also doctors that are friends of mine, you know, what they've gone through and all the people at the front lines. Uh, so it's been this, this, you know, and also not being in New York, you know, I've had some friends who are like, oh my gosh, you're in Hawaii. Did you know this was coming? You know, and I'm like, oh God, no. But, but I have to say, I, there's many times where I just kind of thank God for my blessings that I'm not in a big city because that would be really hard, especially in New York. Even, even if you have a beautiful apartment, it's still small. <laughs> and yeah. to be trapped inside, I think I would lose my mind. So, uh, so I feel very grateful that I have been in Hawaii this time uh, in the midst of this whole thing. I feel, I, just, I feel like it's made me focus on all the things that are what my blessings are, what I'm, you know, real, how I'm fortunate. And the places where there is disturbance, um, I just try to be a contribution as much as possible to the people that need it. And I try to, you know, do that with different people that I've tried to take on to just be a contribution to them. Uh, so yeah, I think it's, it's a tricky year. Uh, but I also feel this sense of desire to see it be gone. Like uh, there's a part of me that wants to see uh, a new fresh start more than I've ever wanted a new fresh start before, just for the world, for the globe, for the United States, you know, it just feels like there. And look, the market is in, in, in sync with my messaging because it's just like all time highs again today. Like there, the, there's a lot of positive uh, vibes out there. I sense as we go into the new year, do you sense that too with the market? Yeah. Yeah. A little, I mean, right before we got on, it kind of started, uh, slipping quite a bit, but did it? yeah, but we'll see. We'll see what catches. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But I, I agree. It's yeah. yeah. Last night was, it closed at all time highs again. And, um, I think there is a lot of, uh, promise, uh, that people are seeing around, Mm -hmm. um, around the turning of the new year. And this goes back to, um, my, it's just in my mind, I also feel this yeah. way. This is just my mindset in general, but, but around yeah. like birthdays, um, I don't really, I don't totally love the idea of it being like a different day. Um, mm. for me personally, I understand yeah. that most people do and I want to yeah. celebrate people and yeah, this is maybe my own issue, but I just like to, I like to have yeah. everything kind of be at least similar. And so that I don't, yes. you know, take too many days off for, um, mentally but that's that's an, a whole other issue so <laughs> but i think there is a <laughs> lot of <laughs> that's a good point though that's a good point like what it sounds like you like to have though is that sense of stability and neutrality so that there isn't this great big height and then potentially a great big fall yeah that's probably it 
that that makes <laughs> that's probably exactly it actually <laughs> right like to, to be able to be somebody who's like in the center lane or in the middle they call it the middle way in buddhism right it's like yeah, not having exactly. too many highs not having too many lows taking mm-hmm. them all with a grain of salt i think that's especially as a trader i think that is the most critical piece of all don't get all and you know the concept of the cursed house like look you have to understand house when you're trading you have to understand what's informing uh what you're about to do in it, it whether you're going long or short you have to be connected to what the reasons are underneath it but what you're speaking to is a, a mindset of not allowing the moments the the high or the low dictate your response that's what it sounds like to me you're yeah saying. correct exactly um but once again but this kind of also uh uh I feel like ties into trading is I recognize that other people do. Right. And so I recognize yes. that. So that's one thing that I like to think about it, you know, cause that's the same thing we think we, uh, we uh, often traders we talked about is, you know, is there news, is there news on the day? Like did yes. they do have a press release this morning? Cause everybody's yes. probably going to pile in. I know that right. it, it means virtually nothing unless it right. like, is act. There's something actually happening, but if it's just a press release, it doesn't mean anything, but people are going to pile in regardless. And Correct. so Correct. I guess that's, it, it brings, you know, there's, you have that skeptical eye, but I try not to be yeah. too skeptical about, I, well, I have a skeptical mind, but I try not to be like yeah. overtly skeptical and try to find the flaws in everything. Um, but, you know, just kind of see the good and the bad. For sure. So, for yeah. sure. But also just your willingness to realize, okay, that may be, maybe there is a press release that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but the fact that some people will think it does is still going to inform your wisdom around how and when you trade. Even if it's, even if, you know, what is that concept about the irrationality, right? The market can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent, right? Yeah. So even if they're being irrational, that still is going to impact your trading. So knowing that they potentially are going to respond irrationally is part of what helps you be rational. Even if it looks like you're mimicking, your your motive is totally different than theirs. And yeah. that, I think, makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a, all the difference. a good thing to keep in mind. But... So the other thing too around Ben Zarender that I did want to say was just he that concept of the giving the A. You know, let's let's just talk about that a little bit because that is giving people and yourself the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and there's a time and a place for that, um, but I think it is a really uh, it's a powerful perspective on life. You know, in landmark Werner Erhard, who is the gentleman who created that course. It was called S back in the 70s, EST. um, And then it was transformed into Landmark. He said that human beings are meaning making machines. We constantly create meaning. And what he says is, if you're going to create meaning, why would you create bad meaning you might as well create good meaning that makes you feel good. <laughs> like you're going to do it anyway. So you might as well do it where you feel better about yourself. And that's part of what, you know, I think is it takes some time to kind of wrap your head around. But the idea of like somebody, let's say, flying past me on the road, I can be like, that guy's a jerk, which is a, a story, right, that I'm creating in that moment. Or I could say, that guy's taking his wife to the hospital to give birth. Like if one of those stories is going to be said to myself anyway, if I say that latter story, maybe I go into a good mood and I'm like, wow, a new baby's about to be born. I wonder what name they're going to come up with. (laughs) It's like a gift of life, right? Like how, how sweet he's trying to get her there quickly. Like you go down a whole nother path. And uh, that's what he, he talks about, about giving PA. But of course, he talks about the giving A to in the concept of living into it. He said, I, you know, in that talk that, you know, we both watch, he says, I only teach A students, you know? Yeah. So now he has an intention of what he expects out of his students and his lens is going to impact just like in Schrodinger's cat in that in the scientific studies, the observer of whatever's happening impacts how what's happening is happening. 
Yeah. And that's what we have to remember all the time. We are impacting even the people around us. If we expect our you know, boyfriend or husband to leave socks in the living room, by God, he probably will. But if we expect him to clean up or we begin to have the intention that he will have heard us say, please put them in the hamper, then we have a better chance at seeing that happen. So just don't discount the effect, the observer. There's a specific scientific uh, name for the observer effect, but I can't remember it right now. So anyway. Yeah, that, I, I'm completely on board with that. I, I think that that's, that holds true in just about anything in life. Like uh, depending on how you approach any uh, conversation is going to influence how that conversation goes, like innately. Yeah. And yeah. so- I think there's no reason not to expect the best and approach it with the best intentions. Exactly. Exactly. And if you, and if you, you know, kind of pre set your noticing, like notice, like what are your expectations? Do, do you, if you're coming from this place of people are ignoring you, when you finally do get their attention, you're probably not going to be seen as too agreeable. You're probably going to be frustrated, angry, coming into the conversation negative. You're going to, you're going to be like looking for what's wrong. What's that other famous saying that says, if, every, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, ask yourself, are you a hammer? Are you always just looking for nails? Are you always looking for that which, you know, speaks to your preconceived uh, expectation and it, are you in a position to start to switch up your expectations you know and and also the intention of just making a choice like in that first moment of me deciding I'm going to St. John I put a stake in the ground I didn't know how but I said this is going to happen and then I opened myself up to possibility ask yourself where is it that you could potentially step into possibility for yourself. Is there something that you really desire for yourself? Is this something you really hope to uh, change for yourself in the new year? See if you can step into the choice of that before you get yourself all caught up in the how you're going to do that. Yeah. So that would be my suggestion to everybody as the clock strikes midnight on <laughs> December 31st. <laughs> Exactly. Everything will be better. Everything, everything will be better. And, but define what better means and be yeah, as specific right. as possible. Like you want, you know, I was like, I'm going to St. John. That was very specific. It wasn't like, I'm going to go on a vacation. It was like all my intention poured into that uh, situation. I was going to make that happen. And then when I made that promise to the island on the plane, I was like, I'm going to be able to afford. I was very specific this opportunity to come back first class all the way, you know, do all the water sports I want. Like I was, I was unbelievably specific in both of those intentions. So even today, you know, sometimes if I don't create what I want, I say, how specific was I? And I usually find I wasn't that specific. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I heard about this. Uh, this reminded me actually of something I heard years ago on the Tim Ferriss podcast. I forget yeah. who he had on. It was, this is years ago, but um, somebody yeah. who, she, they had an assignment in a college class where they had to write, um, it's coming back to me. I think yeah. it was a designer and they had to write uh, where they saw themselves in 10 years and they had to be like wow. five pages and it had to be incredibly specific. Um, wow. And the more specific that people's were, they, they like her and a few of her friends compared things and yeah. the more specific they were, the more actual they became later on wow. in life. Wow. Um, that is so cool. Yeah, I'm not so, surprised. I'm not surprised because I really believe my understanding even of, uh, I think it's, I think it's maybe called the observer effect. Like that there, there is this specificity that seems to be involved in the things that we create for ourselves. And I really think that is the unconscious. The unconscious is, is looking at everything from not how, but it's like, well, this is where we're going. So we have to make this happen. Yeah. And the more detail that's there, it becomes sort of uh, already kind of set in stone in your imagination, in your intellect, in, in how you're viewing things. Because if that is definitely where you're going to go and what you're going to create, then everything starts to kind of move in that direction. 
Yeah, it's 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 almost like uh, I don't know seeing seeing the peak of the tip of mountain, but then starting to be instead of just being like it'd be nice to be on that peak of the mountain, you say, look, here's a there's this path, and like the more specific yeah. you can be about the path, I think correct puts you towards correct. that. Absolutely true. And you know, the, did, I don't know if you ever read Wild by Cheryl Strayed. Yeah. Uh, did you? So yeah, like, course. there's a gal who like, not advisable, <laughs> but she was like, I am going to walk the Pacific Trail Highway. And she was woefully not prepared for it. And yes. yet, damn it, she freaking did it, even with her blistered out feet and inappropriately heavy uh, knapsack. Like, her pack, yeah. Everything about that was just when you're reading that book, it's like a horror upon horror that this is not going to work. She's going to die in her attempt to do this. But her, she was so determined. It was all she had at that moment in time for herself emotionally that she could commit to that she was like, she was no plan B. And, you know, it's not the ideal way to go about it, I would say. But, (laughs) But damn, she freaking did it. She yeah. freaking did it and then wrote an amazing book about it. And that became a movie, a movie yeah. and put her on the map in ways that I don't know would have any other way. Like, it's just a remarkable, that's a remarkable evidence of like, even an insanely beyond the house. And yet, if, if you guys haven't read the book wild, oh my God, can't. I read that book in two sittings. The first sitting was like an hour or two. The next sitting, I read it for eight hours straight. I think I got up, go to the bathroom, get some food, and I did not put it down. I could not put that book down. It was riveting. I didn't read it that fast, but I remember first reading it on a plane from uh, from Reno, Nevada to LA. I remember, and I just read it the whole time, and it was like, wow, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop reading this now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It was, it, it's just one of those books that's just oof. It was it was a game changer for me. It was a game changer. Yeah, it's funny how I'm thinking about. It. It's definitely that was like you said, all she had. Like it, she was at her wits' yes. end with her life, yes. basically. She um, really was. And so she, she really you know, became set to do this, and it was the determination and just because it was all she has, which is not to be. It's not ideal for sure. But I think there's but, something there around discipline and determination. So, yes. you know. Absolutely. And, and around the fact that if you are coming from a place of <sighs> no plan B, like it's, it's always great to have plan Bs, but there's just going to be times in life where you're not going to have a plan B. And, um, you know, it would, it would, it would be interesting. Like there's a part of me that's like, I'd love to talk to all the people who, who have done what they've done. And I'm curious, like the ones who've really created something out of nothing, if that are all of these people have in common, the fact that they didn't have a plan B. I wonder. I mean, I've never a, had a plan B a in pretty, my business. So. <laughs> I bet yeah. there's a pretty good majority of it. Yeah, <laughs> I bet too. I bet too. So on one hand, I'm saying it's not good to have, but at the same time, I'm guilty of it. So like, you know, <laughs> I practice what I preach, but I have to say, I haven't practiced that. I have definitely not had a plan B. Uh, so yeah. Well, but the, also, yeah. Go ahead. I, I was say? thinking, um, I mean, it, this is something that you can, you can speak to, but it, I, you, from what you've told me, and I think what I've heard you say in other podcasts is, you know, you've had, you just felt like when you, when you had a coach and then you got into coaching, it was like, this is it. Like there's, there isn't anything else. And so I think sometimes that happens, you come across something in life and it's like, oh, this is, this is it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's definitely the truth. And that this is part of why there wasn't a plan B, because I knew that this is what I was born to do. And I knew that, you know, coaching, not bad podcast hosting, <laughs> just to clarify for the listener, <laughs> coaching is what I'm born to do. Yeah, I hope don't. I can do podcasts too, but I'm born to do is definitely coaching. This is fun and it's a good way to get some of your ideas to the masses. <laughs> <Exactly>. but. <laughs> But, but I mean, look, maybe for Joe Rogan, it is his bliss. Like, maybe that's what he's born to do. You know, I don't know. But I think for everybody, it's going to be unique. And for yeah. me, it's coaching. But you're right. When I found that, I didn't create a plan B because it was so all-encompassing and so 
what I knew I was born to do that I didn't feel the need to create a plan B. Yeah. Maybe I should have. I don't know. <laughs> no. no, I think you're doing great. This uh, I, don't know. I don't know. Some days I question like, am I crazy? Like, is it that really good advice that I have a plan B to myself, you know? But, uh, but okay. And the other movie that I wanted to speak to today was a movie I watched uh, over the weekend, which is called Journeys to the Edge of Consciousness. And it features the stories and experiences of Aldous Huxley, uh, Timothy Leary, and Alan Watts and their use of hallucinogens. And uh, how do you say it? Psilocybin, I think yep. is how you say it, right? And, you know, Apparently I just, I'm the expert. <laughs> yeah, you are now. <laughs> um, I, I have just been fascinated with how much chatter that's been out there. And in fact, on the Steady Trade podcast, this morning we were talking about predictions for 2021 and I was asking the guys you know what sector would hallucinogenics be and they were both like they're not so sure because they kind of feel like pharma would keep you know this from actually getting out there so like I'm like they were like maybe it'll be its own sector um, but I've just been really kind of curious because I feel more than I've ever seen it before being talked about between Tim Ferriss's podcast he's talked about it for years so, um, and these kinds of movies, like I just feel people that normally aren't talking about hallucinogenics are talking about it. Uh, Gabor Matt uh, is talked about it for a while. I'm reading his book, The Hungry Ghosts. Uh, you know, th so there's just so much out there about how these have the possibility to stop PTSD uh, or certainly curb its effects, yeah. uh, how to change addiction, uh, shift addiction, just just incredible stories uh, that are just being talked about by people that never talked about this before. So I'm yeah. just kind of curious, you know, your take on the hallucinogenic. And I'm also curious if you've ever taken a hallucinogenic. Uh, no, so, but I, uh, this is interesting. One of my friends, um, let me, let me back up. So yeah. I, I sent you that podcast. Um, it's a, a stuff to blow your mind podcast. Yes, they, do, yes. they did a, a five part breakdown of like hallucinogenics um, over the past 70 years or so. Um, and some of the science behind it and how it was being really studied in the fifties and into the sixties. And then the war on drugs, everything just completely shut it down. And now it's yeah. like really difficult to study in the United States, but there has been some studying happening recently and uh Oregon just passed a, a their uh, the vote was uh, decided that um mushrooms will be uh legal in Oregon wow. um I'm not sure if you heard about that I didn't I'm um, so happy to hear that I yeah. mean I heard the decriminalization potentially of weed and I mm -hmm. feel like you know the concept that this may be part of that journey we're moving towards the decriminalization of all drugs is what I'm hoping which, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'm all on board with that. I don't, <laughs> as long as Absolutely. you are not hurting other people, I don't care what Absolutely. you do. Absolutely. Um, Tax the hell out of it, yeah, man. Exactly. That'll, that'll just take all of our financial, like, let healthcare be paid for the tax on hallucinogens <laughs> and weed, and we, we're good to go. Everybody's got right. healthcare. Like, it's not, that, it's not rocket science, you know? Yeah, yeah. But in this, <laughs> in this podcast, they talk about yeah. um, a lot about, like you said, curbing some of the, like, PTSD and also just like mm -hmm. shifting consciousness, kind of like you talked about just in general for the lay person, as long as yes. the, they're, they're really clear about like set and setting and that's yes. where you are, yes. who you're with, a comfortable place and going in with, basically going in with an intention to why Correct. you're doing this, not just really recreationally. Um, Correct. And one of the Correct. hosts talks a lot about it, like he had experienced that, you know, in it, when he was like 18 or 20 or something like that. And he was like, now as like an adult, I wish I'd had those intentions going in then and yeah. realized like what I, he was like, had profound experiences, but also yeah. felt like he could have gotten so much more and may in the future. Um, yeah. And I, this is a funny short story. One of my friends uh, recently uh, was telling me about a, an experience on mushrooms that he had um, not too long ago. And he was saying, uh, I won't say his name because I don't want to yeah, yeah. Out him, but he was saying that it really like was pretty mind opening for him because he was, he, he just did it uh, in a safe place by himself. And he was just like having had this like three hour conversation with himself and then just like 
in his mind became this like little interior decorator and came through as like, and was like, you don't need this. You don't need this. Let's put this wow. over there. Let's put wow. this right here in the front so we can see it. And he was like, it's, wow. and he's like, I don't want to say his personality's changed because it hasn't, but he, he's like in this much better state of mind where he's just like more uh, grounded. It, it's, wow. it was pretty fascinating to not see him for like six months, uh, yeah. partially because of COVID and then yeah. uh, see him. And it was like, you do seem like something has changed. <laughs> that is so fascinating. I yeah. love that story. I'm so happy for him and that it was such a good trip. I mean, I think that's the concern is that the trips aren't always going to be good. You know, yeah. the trips can be complex, especially if there's some trauma within yourself that you haven't dealt with or addressed. And that's why I think it's so important to have somebody really facilitate it, the experience with you so that if that happens in a bad trip, goes down, somebody's there to kind of help care for you and yeah. help you get yourself through to the other side. So I, you know, would not be a fan of doing it by yourself, but I'm glad he had a good experience for yeah. sure. For sure. Um, how about yourself? Did you, have you ever done a hallucinogenic? No. Okay. No. Okay. Do you have the desire to? Um, maybe someday. It would be interesting. Yeah. After listening to that podcast, it was like really... Yeah, it was pretty, pretty open, like yeah. eye-opening around the idea of just like pulling back some of the layers of consciousness and just like yeah. kind of peeking in and seeing, but yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. I'm, I'm curious, you know, I'm just, I, I guess just to, to anybody listening or watching this, you know, proceed with a lot of caution and also like just the legality of it right now yeah. in our country. Like it's just not legal. So you got to really protect yourself. And if you do go to another country, you know, you just want to do a lot of vetting. Uh, I've had really good friends go, you know, to do an ayahuasca experience in Peru and, you know, they, they did a lot of research into where they were going, who they were going to be there with, how, clean things were going to be. And this was pre-COVID, obviously. But just to make sure that there were people there who really knew what they were doing. Uh, these, This was a you know shaman who had done it for many, many years that they went and visited. So they felt they, they were going to be really held and have intention around it and also have backup if God forbid anything goes wrong. Um, yeah. So yeah, so just be careful. Use you know wisdom, um, and this don't and don't don't do it. Don't DIY this. This is not a DIY, in my this opinion. Is, yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. I think you got to be. Uh, that's why. I mean, I feel like I've done a, a quite a bit of work around my consciousness yeah. in general, um, yeah. and so I don't totally feel the necessity to you know yeah. dive in headfirst into <laughs> drugs, yeah. but. But also uh, be on the lookout for um, like a couple, what was it last week? There was a, after that, that vote got passed, like um, this uh, OTC, uh, it was called uh, Psych, P-S-Y-C. They're oh. like in the hallucinogenic uh, and they had a little run from, I think like, you know, wow. a 10th of a percentage of one penny to, I, I think they went up to four cents, so. Wow. Something Interesting. <laughs> and are they, are they facilitating experiences for people? No, uh, no, I don't okay. think so. I think they're okay. just going okay. to, they're just in the market of creating just, um, grow, growing, um, okay. mushrooms, I think I'm not even. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. That's it. I didn't research them that much. I just saw That's that. That's cool. Running, I'm going to so. look them up now because, you know, I'm getting my training uh, platform already. My yeah. So I'm going to look at that one because I, because I said to them, like, if there's one thing I would go long on right now, it would be hallucinogenics, mushrooms and yeah. that because I, because I just feel the, the decriminalization of all of uh, these are, are finally, thank God, dissipating. Yeah. They're just, yeah. it's just been so crazy. And I really feel yeah. it's because it's so effective and so powerful and can be used to treat so many things that that's part of what's kept them being kind of demonized because mm -hmm. a lot of people are making money on us as certainly consumerism. Like, you know, if you have this, like if they, if they, if we get to a place where we wake up from this consumerist brainwashing and or big pharma, like if yeah. we have so much possibility and a whole bunch of people who are making money off us now won't be making money off us anymore. Yeah. There's a, there's a reason why pharmaceutical companies have like the biggest lobbyists in Washington exactly. uh, so, and alcohol exactly. and tobacco. Think about exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
Like, Think about I don't know, people. Could, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want this to turn into one of those conspiracy podcasts where they're like, they're trying to keep you down. But also, they're trying know, to keep you down. <laughs> they're trying to keep you down. <laughs> keeping Absolutely. you sedated and keeping you buying crap. That's right. That's right. Absolutely true. Absolutely I mean, true. That's kind of what runs America. So they're just trying yeah. to keep the dollar up. Yep, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, anyway. you, you know, we, but this is a great documentary, even though it's, uh, it's, you know, it's just an overview of each of their experiences back in the 50s, 60s, when they first had their, you know, exposure to it. And uh, to just hear each man in his voice speak about what happened to him while he was, you know, in that experience, it, it was just really quite fascinating and, and allows you to get a window into it, you know, without n- needing to take one. So yeah. anyway. Yeah, I think it's pretty inter- eye-opening to just hear people talk about their experience and be like, yeah. oh, interesting you know yeah yeah <laughs> so. it's all it's all there's there's just a lot of you know even stephen johnson talked about the mushroom shake he had in thailand and he said you know he always thought spirituality was such a joke and then he said i took a mushroom shake and the joke was on me and i was like yeah. whoa holy mackerel <laughs> what yeah. is available if my eyes were only open before you know yeah yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, want to want to wrap it up with a couple of uh, yeah. maybe yeah. some some more talk about intentions around twenty twenty one. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, intentions. So, Invest intentions. in <laughs> psychedelics. <laughs> exactly. That's my intention. <laughs> for maybe sure, not yet. For sure. <laughs> they maybe will definitely yet. have some runs, though. I would they be. are definitely yeah. going to have some runs. I have no doubt about that. All right. So I think my intentions for this year. Well, there's you know a little bit of a. Com- competition happening between Tim and Steven around the rowing machine. So I, because I'm a paddler, I'm kind of like a little bit wanting to create an intention that I lose. I lost about 10 pounds in the last, you know, six months or so. I want to lose probably another 20 pounds. That's definitely an intention of mine because I want to potentially compete against them. I know it's a long shot that I'll never really beat them, but no, it would be really it. fun. It would be really fun to beat them both. You of them should do they're it. Both so sure. Oh, I would love it. I would love <laughs> if you. Beat. Be, they probably both would hate me if I beat the both of them, <laughs> but it'd be fun trying. It'd be on trying and I'm looking at a one-man canoe and, and Tim was funny today he's like can a one-man canoe he's like shouldn't that be a one-woman canoe I was like good point <laughs> person <laughs> I think OC we call one. person OC canoes one. Yeah, person canoe, one person canoe. So I'm looking hopefully at a one-man canoe that I'm going to get and then I can practice more. So my intention is to lose a little bit more weight and to get in better shape uh, and just be out on the ocean more uh, because I've been working, working, working around the clock. So yeah, and then my intention just around what I want to create by way of uh, work for the for my company and for my business is to be able to offer classes, the classes to the traders, you know, around mindset and emotional intelligence and how to stay, uh, you know, in a place of neutrality. So that's my intention as well. Uh, and to have more, more fun, to just have more fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> mine. How about yours? Oh, man, I honestly didn't think about it. So um I don't know. I guess I'll have to start giving it some thought because I haven't okay. haven't thought about it. Mine, I guess the things I'm working on right now are yeah. getting. So, but before before everything shut down, I used to go to the gym pretty often, but then it got shut down. And so, um, I feel like physical fitness is the easy one for everyone, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. So, because working out at home is a lot harder, but I have a park that I go to um, down okay, the street. Good. That's um, great. So as long as parks stay open. Okay. I will happily get out in the fresh air, run around, jump around. Good. That's good. Yeah. All right. So we'll circle back for you to create some intentions. Yeah, I guess so. Powerful. Yeah. Cause we don't want you to just, you know, spitball a few intentions no, no. now. I want you to have real clarity yeah. about what you're going to create for yourself. And then we can check in to see uh, how we're doing as we see go how through we do. the Yeah, because we're recording it. We have, That's right. <laughs> we have That's it documented. Right. That's right. Today's December 9th, 2020, people. So you can, can hold us accountable to our intentions. Yeah. And that's what I'll ask the viewers to do is create your intentions. Maybe if you're comfortable, share your intentions with us in the YouTube comments. 
uh, or just send us what your intentions are. I do think when we create intentions, having somebody help uh, hold us accountable to them or speaking them out loud, I do think makes a big difference. So find somebody that you can share them with who can share theirs with you and you can just buddy up and hold each other accountable to the intentions you're both creating uh, Mm. for yourself. Yeah. And if you're a new trader, uh, make the intention of honoring your stops because <laughs> yes, it prevents you from yes. getting hit by the bus. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that is a great intention for every trader is be true to your stops. I've even got, look, I've got my uh, worksheets printed up from stocks to trade. So I'm very excited. I've got my long worksheet. I've got my short worksheet. I've got, I've got my trade journals. I'm very excited to get myself going here. So yeah, yeah. I, I have no doubt I will have so many stops. <laughs> I will just like, I will be the queen of stops because I can see all the people that have come to me that have not honored their stops. That is not who I want to be in that game. And if you're having trouble honoring your stops, ask yourself why. <laughs> exactly. Ask yourself, what is going on? What is stopping me from being a man or woman of my word? That's, the heart of the matter. And then the real work starts. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely true. All right. So we'll right. close it up there, I guess, Lucas. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. Wishing you and yours a beautiful 2021. Uh, what a year 2020 has been. I don't really think anybody is sad to say goodbye to it. Uh, so may your intentions be crystal clear and detailed. Uh, and may we all have a less volatile year next year, but lots of joy and abundance for everybody and health. All right. Thanks, Kim. This has been great. Thank you, Lucas. This has been the Wall Street Coach Podcast with Kim Ann Curtin. You can find out more about her and her team online at thewallstreetcoach.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you for listening.